You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Monday full of madness and, of course, Texans talk. This is Locked on Texans, your daily Texans talk and news update. John, some sports guy, along with my partner in crime, Cody Davis. And we are still trying to figure out what in the hell the Houston Texans decided to do when they traded DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals. But, ladies and gentlemen... We have a special guest. We actually decided to do a locked over crossover show with our boy Alex from Locked On Cardinals. What's going on, Alex? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for um, joining in. So today, as you might already know, just due to the fact that we have Locked On Cardinals with us today, we are going to do a crossover show. One, just giving our initial thoughts on the trade what our fan base thought of the trade, because Alex, I know out out there in Arizona, you guys actually had the complete opposite than what we had here in Houston. Out here in Houston, we were very upset. We were very angry. There have been at least three different positions that myself and John saw where people are trying to get Bill O'Brien fired, unfortunately. Well, I'm not going to say unfortunately. No, screw him. Fired (laughs) to get him the hell out of Houston and in Arizona, I'm pretty sure it was completely different. Yeah, uh, Bill O'Brien is the best front office member that the Arizona Cardinals have at this point. So that <laughs> that actually worked out uh, very well for the Arizona Cardinals. So my initial reaction, um, I'm driving home from the station when the, when the news breaks, and I see, you know, Schefter tweeted out, uh, David Johnson to Houston, perfect. My thought was, I hope they didn't give up a second-round pick to get rid of David Johnson because I thought that nobody in their right mind would give back a player, let alone a player and a couple and, and a pick. And then I heard all along the wire that it was that it was uh, New Hopkins, and I so I screamed, but it was it was like a projectile. What the hell happened? Scream, and I didn't know if I was excited or scared or if I believed the news. But uh, yeah, it was it was bonkers. I called Bo Brock, my co-host, uh, immediately, and. Things like that don't happen to the Arizona Cardinals. It's usually the other way around. And uh, hearing that, and I've been following DeAndre Hopkins forever. I mean, I was the one that would draft him 10th overall in fantasy football and say, suckers, you have no idea what you let drop. And the fact that he's going to be an Arizona Cardinal with Kyler Murray throwing to him is, it's a dream scenario for people that cover the Cardinals, let alone the fans. Absolutely. You know, just to kind of go back to where I was, I was at work. And at my profession, I'm technically not supposed to have my phone on me. That day, I I did not have it, but my supervisor did. And as we're getting the kids lined up to transition, he comes to me. Well, he comes to everybody. He says, the Texans dumbasses just traded DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm saying, no, this is a joke. This is just a way for you to kind of get our, our mind off of the coronavirus and get a laugh out of us. No, he said, no, I'm serious, to Arizona. I said, no, I don't believe it. No, look, it's right here. And then we read the trade details. 
and it was for David Johnson, who we have to pay almost $12 million to this year alone and a second rounder. I took the kids where they were supposed to go. I ran to my car. My car is blowing up. Twitter's blowing up. Everybody's hitting me up, pissed off, mad, going crazy. And I said, you know what? It's time. That's when I called Cody, and <laughs> we we already knew what our week was going to be about. Yes, sir. I was actually working on an article about the Houston Rockets, you know, because of the whole coronavirus situation that's going on. Of course, you know, the whole sports world is basically at a pause right now. So I was basically working on an article trying to see what I'm going to write about. And mine's actually my thoughts of the trade started two hours prior when news broke that there are rumors circulating that the Texans might end up trading DeAndre Hopkins this, just due to the fact that they are in draft hell because they really didn't have any draft picks. So I'm like, okay, I don't know why out of all the pieces that they have on this team, they would trade DeAndre Hopkins. And about two hours later, dun, 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 I look up at the TV. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell just happened? I see DeAndre Hopkins going to Arizona for David Johnson. Now, no disrespect to David Johnson. This is a guy at one point in his career. He was on the track to be one of the top running backs in this league. Unfortunately, injuries kind injuries kind of made that situation not happen or not likely. But at the end of the day, I'm like, come on, man. Then the fact, no, we didn't even get the uh, uh, first rounder. Like, I don't know if you remember, but I was actually trying when we, when Locked On was doing our mock draft i was trying to trade will fuller for a first round i thought if i think will fuller is worth at least one first round pick shouldn't you think bill o'brien the guy in charge who's making real trades you would think that he can say if i'm trading to andrew hopkins i can at least get one first round pick out of him yeah and that was the surprising part obviously for everybody that that the top tier pick was only a second round or the fourth and, I mean, when you think that Brandon Cooks got traded for a first-round pick on two separate occasions and then OBJ got traded for three picks and then the – oh, my God, I, I couldn't imagine how you guys felt when you saw Stephon Diggs get traded for 30 picks, including a first-rounder after. Um, it's something that I've said from afar about, about Hopkins that he's Larry Fitzgerald light. Like, he's pretty much conducts himself exactly how Larry Fitzgerald does, where he's quiet, he goes to work, he catches everything. And he, and he's a leader on the field without having to say a word. Um, not necessarily the most blazing speed, but a great route runner. Can toe-tap on the sidelines with the best Has I think he has the best hands in football, and I think he has for the last couple of years. He just doesn't make a peep, and he's not in New York, so nobody talks about him. But this was an absolute home run, and Steve Kime somehow – going from the doldrums in 2018 to he's on track to win general manager of the year four days into uh, free agency. And it's absolutely unbelievable change of events. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say this, you mentioned the Stefan Diggs, and of course we know about the OBJ deal, the trade that happened with uh, New York and Cleveland last year. You mentioned these things, but that's not nearly what kind of, you know, sent me over the edge with this deal. What sent me over the edge with this deal was we had to trade for David Johnson. And no disrespect to David Johnson, but David Johnson had been a pedestrian since that big year. Last year, he got a spot taken by uh, King and Drake. And I think King and Drake is a good runner back. 
You know, he's a good feeling running back whenever you need him to be there. But for a running back that's due to make almost $12 million this year, King and Drake should not have taken your spot if you were healthy. And on top of that, the money that we are going to have to pay him when Melvin Gordon deal, you know, we know that Melvin Gordon wanted to sit out last year, try to negotiate a new contract with the Chargers. The first running back in a very long time I've seen that work against. And his deal is nowhere near what we'll be paying David Johnson just for one year. And then you see Todd Gurley gets released. And so these things are all happening. And also Devontae Freeman was also an uh, unrestricted free agent. All of these things are happening around the league. And Bill O'Brien made this trade personal so much so that you're going to invest almost $12 million in a running back, not named Ezekiel Elliott, just so you can get this man off your team. When we broke down everything about how his past actions led up to where we are today, that was the most frustrating part of this entire ordeal. It's um, it's a tough situation for you guys, and I feel for you, again, because we are, we as Arizona Cardinals media members and fans are usually on the other side of, wait, what just happened? Uh, those kind of scenarios. What What you will get with David Johnson is, I mean, he's, at least he's not a jerk, you know, which is something that, that will benefit you in the long run. And, and worst comes to worst, you have him for one year and you don't see him again. Here's the problem with that, and we'll get into it over the other side. This deal affects Houston because every deal, every rash deal, irrational deal Bill O'Brien has done in the past, it has taken time for that void to be fixed. But we'll be back in a little bit. Locked on Texans podcast doing a impromptu crossover with Locked on Cardinals. My man, Alex Clancy. Don't go anywhere, guys. Let's have a fun Monday. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Locked on Texans, Locked on Cardinals crossover edition. Of course, we are still talking about this dumb yet good trade, at least if you're an Arizona Cardinal fan, that took place between the Texans and the Cardinals. Alex, let me ask you this. You, I take it you have been watching David Johnson play in Arizona ever since he was drafted in 2015. And earlier I mentioned that this is a guy who at first it looked like he was going to turn into one of the best running backs in the league. I remember in 2017, um, in 2016, I apologize for that, but in 2016, he recorded over a thousand rushing yards and he was on track to be one of the best running backs in the league. But in 2017, he got hurt over the last two seasons, 2018 and 2019. What have you seen in David Johnson that you can at least help us that's out here hurting in the city of Houston that you can say, hey, this is what you guys have to look forward to. I mentioned that I, I, I remember you say this is not a guy who's going to be a jerk, which I kind of figured that by seeing all the all the good messages that was poured out on social media um, due to his departure. But what can he bring to this team that can at least help us moving forward? Well, one thing that I that should be a little saving grace is 2018 cannot be used as a benchmark for anything. And I know that's a huge sample size to be like, hey, guys, just forget that happened. But 
David Johnson has a couple things that he still has in his rep that has kind of been waning since he got hurt in 2017, but are still in his body. Number one, he's got a nose for the end zone. Not everybody, when you're inside three yards, can get in the end zone with regularity, and DJ can. Uh, whether that be out of the backfield running or catching the ball, he is he is excellent, efficient, effective inside the red zone, getting in the end zone, especially when you need to push it in. And I'm not just talking about uh, bowling over the center inside the half-yard line. Like, David Johnson has the capability to keep your team in games when you put him in a position to do so. Now, what we saw last year through the first six weeks, I think it was, uh, until, until he got hurt and then was never heard from again, um, he was the best receiver on the Cardinals team. And that's taking Larry Fitzgerald. That's taking everybody else. The best possession receiver the Arizona Cardinals had was David Johnson. If you look at the numbers through the first five weeks, I think, he had at least over 100 all-purpose yards in four of those five games. He scored a, a handful of touchdowns. And until somehow he got put in the doghouse of Cliff Kingsbury, he was the most effective offensive player not named Kyler Murray. So the downside to all of this is he seems to have lost a step. But if you put him in the right situation, he could be just another Duke Johnson. Like, at this case, at this time with your offensive line and and Deshaun Watson, I'm assuming you're going to want the ball to be in Deshaun Watson's hands as much as possible. So that could be utilized with David Johnson in the backfield because he's he's a six or seven or eight reception per game receiver if you utilize him correctly, and he can definitely get the end zone. Let's talk about the Cardinals a little bit. I mean, we don't want to focus all on Houston. You guys just got maybe, if not the best, the second best receiver in the NFL with DeAndre Hopkins, and now second-year coach, second-year uh, rookie, I mean, not rookie anymore, but second-year quarterback, Kyler Murray. Those are all going to come into play. The last time Cliff Kingsbury had an offense that was steadily explosive, we know he had Patrick Mahomes. We know he had now current Texan receiver, former uh, Texas Tech receiver Kiki QT, and Giles at receiver Kiki QT had almost uh, 90 receiving yards that last year with Patrick Mahomes. Giles had almost 1,200. We know Cliff likes to sling the ball around. How will DeAndre Hopkins, now along with Larry Fitzgerald, now that you have a solid young number one, Christian Kirk should be able to eat a little bit more out there on the field. Kirk has that games where he'll go three games in a row, and it's like, well, where are you? I picked you up on fantasy. You only had two points. What's going on? <laughs> then he'll have a big game where he's contributing much more than he had been. With DeAndre Hopkins now in the mix and fold, what are you expecting for the 2021 Arizona Cardinals? Uh, there's, And it's interesting you bring up, Christian Kirk because I've always seen him he's a burner you know and they kind of made him into it's like trying to make Will Fuller into a possession receiver it just doesn't really compute like you you put your guy in the best and obviously receivers can do a bunch of different things but you have your fastest guy and he can't just run streaks all day out on the outside but when you have DeAndre Hopkins there on the outside you probably you can move fifth all over the field doesn't matter if you put him in the slaughter on the outside what I'm seeing from Christian Kirk is the new slot receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. And I don't know, because it's such a flexible receiving route tree and, and lineups and everything on the line of scrimmage with Cliff Kingsbury, it's not going to be exact. But I see Christian Kirk being the guy now that can solely just take the top off the defense 
which will happen more and more because there's going to be single, if not, you know, single with the spy coverage on DeAndre Hopkins all the time. It does. DeAndre Hopkins' numbers directly don't matter as much with the Cardinals with this offense because it opens up everything else. It's like having LeBron on the court. It doesn't matter what his numbers are. It's going to open up the rest of the court. And with that's, that's the thing I'm looking forward to most, and especially with running backs out of the backfield. It's just going to open up an offense that needs to be opened up. And then on top of that, you have one of the best red zone targets in the game. So it's just like Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald are going to have easier jobs now, and I'm sure they'll add a receiver uh, in the later rounds in the, uh, in the draft. They better, not, they better damn well not take a receiver at eight. But at this point, DeAndre Hopkins just opens up Christian Kirk's ability, as you mentioned, to become, I don't know, a, a, a third-tier receiver, a low second-tier, third-tier receiver. That's probably his ceiling, but he definitely can take take the top off a of defense. And we saw it against Tampa Bay last year, but we'll be able to see it more and more with, with Hop on the uh, on the roster. And really quick, I, I definitely want to ask you about another player. We signed after we made the trade to send Hopkins to you guys. We actually picked up Demir Bird. Can you tell Houston and the fans of Texans what we can expect out of Bird? Now, I, I've seen Bird play. We know he's shifty, quick, uh, he may be utilized in that role to get him the ball in space. What can we expect from Bird in this season? I mean, a, a deep ball threat. You know, I mean, it's not – now Will Fuller is going to be – oh, man, I can't imagine the pressure that's going to be put on Will Fuller now. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, Jesus. And the Duke can't say – like, I just hope the Will Fuller stays healthy because I think he could be a top 17, top 20 wide receiver, top 15 wide receiver just stays on the damn field but um oh, you know it's it's pretty much a home run guy we, we didn't really see the thing is with the offense last year and i'm sorry that this is a bad answer but with the offense last year two catches for 50 yards from anybody on the roster wasn't out of the realm of possibility i mean it's one one broken defensive uh one broken defensive letdown that leaves some unnamed wide receiver wide open and that happened to me Demir bird a couple times Keyshawn johnson a couple times but you're getting a guy that's quick that one of the most undervalued arts in the in NFL is being able to catch a deep ball that you're not supposed to catch, and Demir Bird can do that one-on-one. Hey, Alex, I know you talked about um, having DeAndre Hopkins on your team is going to open the offense, which it we are a living witness. It's going to open the offense up a lot, especially when you have a guy like Christian Kirk on the other side of the field. But when I'm thinking about the Arizona Cardinals and just what DeAndre Hopkins can do for that team, I'm looking at it as a situation where don't be surprised. But Larry Fitzgerald might have at least two more years in his bag just due to the fact that it's not going to be – it's going to be even less attention on him with a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. Like, it, it's going to be crazy in Arizona knowing that you have Larry Fitzgerald, a guy who is by far one of the best receivers in the league, and DeAndre Hopkins, a guy that's right on his tail – that y'all have basically two Hall of Fame receivers on the field at the same time. Yeah, and it's it, – we've been waiting here in Arizona for somebody to kind of – in any sport, not just football, to kind of take the torch from Fitz and be the new 
you know, uh, I don't know, the new flag holder in Arizona, Devin Booker, he's, we try to give it to him. He's like, nope, don't want it. Nope, don't <laughs> want it. I'm going to throw it away. And with, with Pop, it's just – first of all, let me answer your original thing. Larry Fitzgerald, if you were to have, like, a hands competition, I don't give a rip about, you know, one-handed OBJ catches. That's not – okay, cool. You, you can have those. This is catching the ball on the sideline with two defenders on you, putting two hands on a ball and catching a ball that nobody expected you would catch. That's something that, that Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins are 1-1A one one interchangeably. I don't care about Larry Fitzgerald's age. Fitz gets, gets – he learns exactly what his role is, and he works out and he runs the routes, and he's the hardest-practicing player ever in Arizona Cardinals. That, that's kind of what he's known for here. So he's going to be around for a while. And people say, well, it's just to break the records. First of all, he ain't going to break uh, Jerry Rice's yardage record. It's not going to happen. So he's not doing it for that. He's doing it for the love of the game, for the love of the team. And now it's a team that's good, a team that's overnight can actually make the the seven seed. Now that's weird to say in in the playoffs next year in the NFC. Like overnight, everything changed. So Fitz's ability to – Get, actually get a little bit more run and not be the focal point of the opposing team's defense. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's going to be a big deal for him. Absolutely. And I can't wait to discuss what both teams can possibly have in store next season. Hopefully we get the next season. We know all of this madness is going on. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Arizona Cardinals, Houston Texans. Welcome back, guys. Before we get out of here, first and foremost, thank you to Mr. Alex Clancy for joining the show. Fun fact, I have a season with the Cardinals on Madden, and you wouldn't believe who is one of the funnest players to play with. I'm in my third year now. You want to know who that is, Alex? Huh? It is Andy Isabella. <laughs> I don't, his third year, I went to sign um, – I went to sign Emmanuel Sanders, Larry Fitzgerald, finally retired, moving Christian Kirk to the number one receiver, and I put Isabella in that slot position. And he has, like, almost 900 yards this season with a couple games left. So I've been able to utilize him, get him out of space, but I know that's not, in reality, what's happening. Can you call Steve Kime and tell him? Because we've been waiting. I mean, you you pass on Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, and – one other. I think DK Metcalf took the, was taking the pick right after Andy Isabella. And you just you don't even play the kid. All 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 he is he's jet sweep Isabella. I mean that's that's the only reason they use him. They had him on one well, it was one Thursday night play against San Francisco, I think, where he took it to the house for eighty eighty five yards to the house and then we haven't heard from him since. I, yeah, I you know listen he's perfect for this offense and they just refuse to use him. Well you gotta kinda wonder uh what does Cliff Kingsbury have going on up top. Cliff is a guy that, I, you know, really quick, if we can just talk sports a little bit, some football, college football. Cliff is a guy that I never really liked. I thought, I, I thought Cliff was a, he's a product of privilege because of the quarterback he had. You had Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, Giles, Kiki QT. Now, I understand you're in the Big 12 where no defense is played. Trust me, I know. I'm a UT fan. But you went five and seven. You didn't really have any stellar years and yet got a call to come coach the Arizona Cardinals. I didn't I never understood that. I guess it was a a quote unquote 
match made in heaven because we already knew Kyler Murray was going number one, but Cliff is a product of quarterback privilege. And I really don't like him. I, I don't think he's that good of a coach. I really don't. But what I do want to say is we know what's going to happen when on offense, Kyler Murray, he's going to come into his second year. Larry Fitzgerald, which now, like we guys, you guys mentioned, with DeAndre Hopkins coming in, that could possibly give Larry maybe one or two more years. We know what Christian Kirk can do. Just talked about Isabella, Max Williams, a young tight end. Before we kind of get into what the 2021 season could possibly have in store, I want to talk about Chandler Jones. I want to talk about Riddick. I want to talk about Jordan Hicks. I want to talk about Patrick Peterson. What will the defense be able to do going into next year? Because if everything stays on track, we know this offense could possibly possibly be very explosive. But that doesn't matter if your defense is giving up a lot of points. It's something that this is the time. So let's start with Chandler Jones and Patrick Peterson quickly. Chandler Jones is quietly the, by the numbers, the best sack guy in the NFL over the last, I think, three seasons. Because he's in Arizona, nobody talks about him. And also there there are talks that, I mean, it's just, he may get – see, sacks are looked at now by the analytics people. Uh, I don't really associate myself with that as kind of like a an overvalued stat because what are you doing the rest of the time? It should be quarterback pressures, not actually sack numbers. But Chandler Jones has been consistent. He's, he's kept his mouth shut. He's great in the community. He's a great teammate. I mean, he's the quintessential perfect uh, employee for, an, for a sports franchise. Patrick Peterson, ah! I mean, he's had his ups and downs. Uh, he wanted out, he wanted to stay, he wanted out, he wanted to stay, and then he gets popped for PEDs, and then the last three games of the year last year, he looked like Patrick Peterson at the age of 23. So with those two, Patrick Peterson especially because the contract's coming, he's going to want to stay now, I would think. Now, how much does he want to get paid? Does he want to cripple the future of the team to get his last payday? We don't know yet. Um, I'm hoping that he'll take a two-year deal, two-year for 35 with 25 guaranteed, something like that to keep it to where, you know, Kyler Murray's future isn't solely based upon how much Patrick Peterson makes. But the offseason moves, again, Devon Kennard, uh, Jordan Phillips, they just checked boxes. They've checked four boxes they've needed, the Cardinals have, before this. Like, it's, it's unbelievable what they've done. And this defense has definitely gotten a facelift. And Buda Baker coming into his own. Uh, uh, Byron Murphy coming to a sophomore season where he didn't look. I love, I, yeah, I love Murphy. Pick. I love Murphy's game. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's and Robert Alford was on the shelf the whole year after coming over from Atlanta and was put on the IR and never played. So this team has the chance to be not what San Francisco was last year. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying worse the first by any stretch of the imagination, but a, a junior version, they can win eight games this year. I mean, and the defense. You're right with the offense being so high powered. The defense has to be – I mean, they have to be better. They have to be – the 3-4 defense is very tough if you don't have the personnel in the linebacking position, and the Cardinals now do. And that's something that from – it went from 0 to 100 really quickly. So they've left out very, very much so over the first few days of free agency. And one thing I like about the Cardinals roster right now, it's the perfect mix of – vets and young players we even look at the receiving core you have Larry Fitzgerald and I mean at 27 you have DeAndre Hopkins who is a vet and he's still a young stud star receiver 
that can actually <laughs> that that'll help you with Kyler Murray. And then you add in you're sprinkling Christian Kirk, who you know now that a lot of pressure will be off him, maybe he can hit that next step. Maybe maybe a lot of your your young linemen can hit the next step. We flip it on the other side. Yes, you have Patrick Peterson, who's of age, but you also have the two Thompson brothers who are young. You also have Byron Murphy, who's young, and then you also have you have Chandler Jones, but you also have Zach Allen, who's young. So there's a perfect sprinkle and perfect mix of old, in middle age, young, and that is what this organization should be able to build off on in the next two or three years to get them back to those glory days of Arizona. Yeah, and there's one thing though that. I brought up on the show that I'm on on Friday, and I almost threw up bringing it up um, because, again, we don't trust Steve Kime here in Arizona. Does it, that's great what he's done so far. Let's get through the draft. Let's see where we go. Let's start the season and see what happens. I, I asked a question, and there's no way this will happen, but i got to ask because it's Steve Kime and it's the Cardinals. Is there a chance that they don't extend DeAndre Hopkins before the season starts? Absolutely and, not. Well, no, but here's the thing. If they – like, okay, so say you were getting DeAndre Hopkins and you were giving up David Johnson, and so the, the picks were reversed. If you got one year of Hopkins and you got rid of David Johnson's contract and you got a four back and all you had to give up was a two and a four in, in return, would you be cool with one year of DeAndre Hopkins getting David Johnson off your books? No, I, I, me personally, I wouldn't. Just not, and not it sound like DeAndre Hopkins gonna be tossed around like he's some kind of piece of meat or something. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be cool with it by far. I mean, this is a guy. No, and, he, and he, he is by far one of, if not the best receiver in the league. If I would only say that possibly has a chance to happen if there is a question if this team possibly cannot make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean it's and he's gonna want. He said he's gonna want eighteen to twenty, but like say he says I want to, I want to be the highest paid by a good amount, um, or I'm good. Like I, I don't. I've just seen terrible things in Arizona and. I'm just hoping that this isn't going to be a terrible thing. They just lock him up real quick right after the physicals happen. Absolutely. An interesting question. And I'll tell you this, you still have a second year uh, quarterback. You're going to need DeAndre Hopkins to make his job a lot easier. Uh, here in Houston, we've criticized Deshaun Watson for some of the things that he does, you know, holding the ball too long, not knowing when and when not. And there has been a lot of hero ball played by DeAndre Hopkins because he is that stellar. The same is going to be needed for Kyler Murray. And just like DeAndre Hopkins, and you mentioned it, how he helps everybody else on the field, he's going to be able to help your other talented receivers who may have not had that, you know, availability to be and showcase their skills because of how limited they are on offense. Now you add in one player like DeAndre Hopkins and that'll open up old Fitz, that'll open up Kirk, that'll open up a, a lot of more talent that the Arizona Cardinals can use. Hey, I just want to ask you, what's the ceiling for the Arizona Cardinals next year? What record do you think they can possibly have in fantasy land and then realistically? I mean, any t- <sighs> their schedule is going to be tough. I mean, they play San Francisco twice, obviously, Seattle twice. Um you know, play the AFC East 
So that's going to be difficult. Difficult. Uh, I think the ceiling, the absolute like Christmas ceiling is ten, and if they get to eight, I will be over the moon. Because I mean, this is like last year they shouldn't have won five games. There's no way in hell they should have won five games last year with how not great that team was. You give Kyler Murray credit, you give some bounces. You know, you play not the not the best schedule, but I don't think you need to foundation your next season on last season's win total in all situations, and this needs to be one of those situations. But I would take eight. If it's ten, I'm I'm doing jumping jacks and flips. I, me personally, I do think you guys could get to ten, um, just due to the fact that you know you mentioned that this team, you, that you were surprised that this team got to five. I do believe that DeAndre Hopkins is that much of a difference maker where he can win you games down the stretch where you guys would normally lose. So I can possibly see you guys winning ten games. I have you guys going. At, I have you guys going to the playoffs. I'm not going to say a conference championship game yet, only due to the fact that I do believe that this year is going to be the most competitive NFC that we've seen in quite some time. I mean, the NFC has always been competitive, but, you know, you take a look at what Tampa Bay has been doing, New Orleans, you still got um, San Francisco, um, even I want to say Dallas just due to the fact that the talent that they have, but you never know what kind of Dallas Cowboys team you're going to get. But Hmm. I do believe you guys are going to be a playoff team this year. But down here in Houston, man, we were a, a, a team that did win 10 games last year. I do not see that in our future this year. If we get to eight, um, I want to say we we possibly can go eight and eight, but because we have that extra game um, starting next season, maybe eight, nine, I don't know, John. Uh, what, what do you have? Uh, right now, I see the Texans being able to at least squeeze out seven wins, but that can drastically decrease. I'm waiting on the draft and the rest of free agency, which we've already, you know, we talked about it here on the show. We've already caught word of free agents are now not wanting to come here to Houston. Players are warning them about head coach slash GM Bill O'Brien, and that alone can take a game or two off the total win because we're not bringing in talent. And we also struggle with depth issues because when one guy go down, we do, we do not have the backup talent to get that same production or at least close to it. So seven is my max with a lower five. Now, a quick question. I, when I saw the rumblings like you did a couple hours before the trade uh, last week about Hopkins getting traded, right when that happened, of course, the, the birds were out saying, well, are they going to trade Deshaun Watson now? There's no way that's going to happen, right? No, they're not going to trade Deshaun Watson. Like, like not, not completely tear down? Deshaun Watson is now going to be in an interesting spot because that was part of the reason why it made just the most sense of this trade just due to the fact that Deshaun Watson payday is coming up very, very soon. You still got to pay Laramie Tunsil. And for DeAndre Hopkins to say, you know, he wants to be one of, if not the highest paid receiver in the league, it was going to put the Texans in some kind of hold to say, okay, how are we going to play our franchise quarterback? So we would like to see Watson move on only due to the point is like, who do he has to throw to? Yes, there's Will Fuller, but Will Fuller has still yet to prove that he's going to be healthy for an entire season, a problem that I still have a big problem with. 
But the power is in Watson's hand because DeAndre Hopkins was his boy. And if he goes into next season and he's not happy, he can walk away from this franchise and we will be very much screwed. <laughs> very much screwed is right. Hey, this is not something, I mean, again, I do. I'm not laughing at you. I, I definitely feel for the situation. It's just, it's just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of an unfathomable situation that both of us team, both of us are put in. I mean, you guys were up 24. Like, I'm not going to touch it. It's, I'm, <laughs> I'm going by it. I'm going by it. You're up 24 nothing in the first half of a, of a playoff game, and and then now you don't. You're at, without your number one receiver, and your your GM and head coach has been. A, I don't know. Uh, the, the, uh, you know, whatever he's been exposed as. I wish I was in that room when that conversation was happening. Uh, but but you can't. Fault. I mean, the the one thing that we saw with that whole, so that all came out, and then DeAndre Hopkins quote about he just completely pushing it down, not making it a big deal about how the whole thing happened. That's one of the best things, selfishly, that you could probably attest to. One of the best things that the Arizona Cardinals fan base, team, and media members could see from a new player is that instead of blowing something out of proportion with all the diva receivers that we have in this league now. For him just to be like, it's not a big deal. Let's move on. That must, I mean, that must just speak to his character. Yes, sir. That that did speak to his character. Even though I did automatically call BS on it, but hey, I mean, that just shows how much of not just a great football player this guy is, but just how great of a person he is. You know, out out outside of the field. And I'll say this: you mentioned that a lot of things and. Alex, this is why I have my biggest issue with. When we traded Dwayne Brown, it took us a while to fix our offensive line. When we traded, when we, I'm sorry, when we did not resign Dwayne Brown, when we traded Jadavion Clowney halfway through the season, we had issues rushing the passer uh, and stopping the run. Now that we have traded DeAndre Hopkins, this isn't third time's a charm. We're going to have issues getting the ball consistently to a receiver that's going to help out our offense. Kenny Stills is a number three receiver, number two at best. Will Fuller has always had issues staying on the field. Kiki QT ended up in the doghouse last year. We re-signed DeAndre Carter, who is mainly a return specialist. We brought in Demir Bird. All of those guys are two and three at best receivers. Don't forget Randall Cobb. And oh, I'm sorry, Randall Cobb will be signed. Who I, I like the Randall Cobb signing. I think if we would have had DeAndre Hopkins, man, that would have been huge. The problem is when you act off emotions in a business that is business. It's sport is a business. Business moves have to be made. When you act off of emotion that irrational, then what you're telling the entire world is at least the Texas world, you don't really care about logics if it doesn't fit what you personally want to do. And that's a losing mentality. Oh, that sounds like the other team. That's not all 16 and Kirby, but it's downtown. They play in the Toyota Center. That sounds so much like them, huh? But I'll tell I you am, what, if you ain't I, cheating, you ain't trying like the Astros. It's <laughs> <laughs> a mess in Houston. I'm sorry, Alex. We just, we, we just angry at this point. We're going through it. <laughs> Welcome to Arizona fans' lives. Oh man, well at least you guys have been to a Super Bowl in the last decade or so. 
Thank you for joining the Locked On Texans podcast, Alex. Hey, closer to the season when training camp kicks off, whenever that will happen, let's get you back on and you get us on so we can discuss what DeAndre Hopkins is doing. Hey, I, I don't know if you guys want to really care about what Demir Bird is doing. <laughs> we can talk about that with training camp if he's still around, but let's definitely get you back on. Where can they find you on Twitter, all of your social media, and the podcast? Uh, Twitter at Clancy's Corner, same with Instagram, and um, on AC for podcast. Appreciate you guys having me. Well, thank you for coming on. Until next time, Houston, stay safe, stay sanitized, and stay sane. And I know with all of this going on, it's pretty hard to stay sane. So do what you can. Until tomorrow, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.